Welcome to the Scouting for Growth podcast, where we explore the intersection of technology, innovation, and business growth. I'm your host, Sabine van der Linden, and today I am thrilled to introduce you to an esteemed guest I have known now for many years. His name is Anthony Elliott. Anthony is a seasoned professional with over two decades of experience in the insurance industry and another six in big five consultancies. And currently, he serves as a global lead for digital R&D at Zurich Insurance. His role is pivotal in driving the exploration, exploitation, analysis, and early stage adoption of disruptive technologies shaping Zurich's digital transformation journey. Anthony's work aims to deliver business value and collaboration-led results in terms of efficiency, effectiveness, and customer experience. With a background as a UK-chartered accountant, Anthony brings a unique blend of financial acumen and innovative thinking to his role. He is a proven project director, actually, adept at delivering results in a multicultural, multidimensional virtual team. Anthony is a pioneer also of the agile and design thinking methodologies, leveraging these approaches to drive innovation at Zurich. Throughout his 18 years tenure at Zurich, Anthony has consistently demonstrated his ability to apply business and technology to solve problems, making him a key player in the company's ongoing innovation initiatives. Anthony's work at Zurich is characterized by his commitment to scouting for growth and nurturing innovation, as evidenced by his involvement in the Zurich Innovation Championship. Yes, his efforts in the championship have been instrumental in attracting and supporting the best young ventures, further solidifying Zurich's position as a leader in the insurtech space. So today, we will dive into Anthony's journey at Zurich, his approach to innovation, the strategic themes for Zurich Innovation Championship in 2024, and the impact of the championship on the overall group strategy. We will also discuss the future of InsurTech, the challenges of adopting disruptive technologies and how Zurich balances the need for innovation with strong governance and financial management. Lastly, Anthony will share his advice for young ventures looking to collaborate with Zurich or break into the insurtech space. Indeed, it is important to understand how the industry works. So whether you are a startup, scale-up, or grown-up in the tech space, this conversation promises to be insightful and inspiring. Anthony will share insight on how he balances strategic thinking with tactical actions. Indeed, thinking big and then taking small steps to achieving the goal. So make sure to stay tuned as we explore how to scout for growth and drive innovation in the insurtech space. Welcome, Anthony.
Hi, Anthony. Thank you so much for joining me on Scouting for Growth. Hi, Sabine. So, Anthony, let's get started. Tell me, how did you, you know, what did you do to become the global head of digital R&D at Zurich Insurance? What is your path to getting that amazing role? Okay, so look, I'll, I think I need to go back to 1999 when I was a fresh-faced young man at 21 years um, and thinking about my first job. And I kind of look, and, and a lot of people fall into the insurance industry. I, I, I fell into the insurance industry. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I sat in the careers office of York University and I was looking in, in these folders, physical folders as to what kind of jobs you could do. And um, I, I saw a stat that something like 80% of British CEOs were chartered accountants. And I was like, you know, okay, that seems like a pretty good um, a, a good qualification to have. You know, that sounds like a pretty interesting role to have. So I looked at the kind of the big big five, right, and, and how I could apply to those guys. Um, and I, I got a job with PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, and I ticked the box for financial services, thinking banking, stripey suits, um, I'm going to be rich. Right. And when I got there into London in September 1999, they said, oh, you're in insurance. I was a bit like, wow, wow, okay. Insurance, what, is that financial services? And I guess that's how I got in there. And I realized, I look, I really like insurance, right? And I like insurance because I think it is a, plays a really important role in society, right? So I think actually how it can transfer risk and kind of share amongst the many and solve that protection gap is something which is, is really important. And I think the other thing I realized is there was just lots of things in insurance which kind of needed fixing um, where it could be better, right? And that's really kind of why I've ended up saying it because I saw these sort of ways to improve it and it's cool having a job where I can improve it. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I'm still trying to do. And I joined Zurich in 2005, just over 18 years ago, making me feel really old. Um, and I've done a bunch of stuff here, but I think over the last 14, 15 years in in operations or tech and operations, um, really been looking at um, program director, program manager roles, business architect roles, enterprise architect roles, um, innovation roles, and then I run our business transformation function covering kind of all of those things together. I got a bit of information governance in there as well, right? And all those bits together now. Um, it's back more focused on innovation, more focused on how we can prove how new technologies, new ideas can create value for, for Zurich. So that's really what I'm trying to do. That's superb. And so do you still use a lot of your background as a chartered accountant on the way you you implement so, innovation? <laughs> mm, so I, I think some people listening to this will be like, what? That guy's a chartered accountant? Him? Really? Um, so... Yes and no, right? So I think some of the sort of uh, the fundamentals, some yes, right? And I guess a bit I think is really important is to understand how a company makes money, right? So to understand like like what makes for um, a business, right? And how premiums are adjusted, how they're earned over time, you know, what happens with UPRs and with DAX um, and really kind of actually the economics of insurance, right? So I think that is something which is very, very important to understand right because if we want to make a successful business it's not all about profit but profits you know we're here for our um, for shareholders so that's part of what we want to do so that's something which i really do use i think almost every day in terms of understanding actually what makes our business tick so that piece i'm really glad i i understand 
critical. You know, when I started myself in insurance, I was doing financial models and identifying the source of value and creation and destruction in the industry. And I would say, you know, at the end of the day, it has to start with value creation, value delivery and value measurements so that we can actually understand mm -hmm. what the solution we implement have um, can realize for us in um, our work. So, you know, very honored to know you for seven, eight years. And mm -hmm. um, I've seen the evolution of the Zurich Innovation Championship across the past two years. And actually, I used to be a judge as well on the uh, Zik program many years back. So what are the strategic themes for 2024, Anthony? What can we mm -hmm. expect to be coming out for uh, the new Zurich Innovation Championship mm -hmm. 2024? So, yeah, I mean, we're going to look at the areas which we think are priorities for business, but also areas where we think there are amazing um, startups out there to work with us. So the first one is about life and health. It's just looking how we can grow that business, how we can grow it profitably, how we can deliver value for, for, for our customers. Um, second up is commercial insurance. Right, We know commercial insurance is a huge part of our business um, now. We're really kind of in that sort of um, great period. We've had a hard market. You know, we see it softening in some lines. We really a lot of focus on underwriting effectiveness, but really how we can kind of leverage data to make some great decisions. You know, of course, there's some efficiency points in there as well. Um, third up, we have um, retail, but focus there on sort of PNC, um, which again, data is everywhere, right? I think data is a key part of that, but I think it's also looking how we can kind of work with our distribution partners, with the sort of existing distribution partners, novel distribution partners. How do we reach into kind of um, generation alpha, right? And, and um, find how they can actually understand risks and insurance solutions for them. <clears throat> and lastly, we've kind of got a um, digital simplification um, challenge. And this is really looking at kind of all of those digital enablers, uh, which cut across all those other themes, um, you know, very focused on AI. Definitely we expect some, some a lot of AI in there, but also whether we can um, use gamification to kind of really kind of engage with customers, or if we can sort of be a bit more novel about how we engage around sort of social media. So those sort of things we, we see coming. We don't have a challenge around sustainability for the first time. That's not because we don't think sustainability is important. We still think it's super important, but we think that is just a fundamental um, for everything. So within all those four categories, we will also sort of have challenge a, a, a sustainability lens. We'll have a customer lens, right? So I think for all of those, we're really going to make sure, literally we might have a chair in the room with somebody sitting in saying, I've got a sustainability view, I've got the customer view. Um, so they're really going to look across all four of those. You know, those are the four challenges for 2024. And, you know, I think personally that sustainability should be part of the purpose of any organization. So it should be embedded mm -hmm. in everything we do, whether it's uh, social, you know, looking at balance between men and women and diversity, for instance, or how we take care of the underserved market. It should be around climate. And you have been so big around addressing climate and, and commercial. But also, I think now it's going to be more around the governance and responsibility when we start using artificial intelligence, for instance, mm -hmm. where we have just two days ago, I gathered a new regulation which came out. So when you look at the startups, the grown-ups, the growth ventures which are coming into the Zurich Innovation Championship, what are you expecting from them? Well, so, so I think what are we expecting? We're expecting fresh ideas, 
we're expecting um uh, i suppose fresh ways of working but you know i think we get those fresh ways of working also also in zurich but really kind of a dynamic way of working um we're really looking for a a collaboration i think that's really important we come in and we want to really kind of time box that engagement so we have really kind of amazing results which we can then use to show to the business to say hey look this works, right? It's something which the customers love. It's something which we know we can kind of make work whether from a tech or an operating model perspective. We think it's going to make economic sense, right? And we think it's got legs in terms of scaling, right? So I think we want someone who is passionate, uh, enthusiastic, who's really going to kind of work with us in a very collaborative way in that short period to say, look, okay, now we've got some results which really, yeah, really move the needle. And so for you, you know, I've seen some amazing success stories, but it would be great if you could share with us some of your success stories, some of your experiences over the past year running the Zurich Innovation Championship and how do they impact the overall business of Zurich? Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, look, so so um, it's like um, one's children, right? So I love all my children the same, right? I don't have favorites, right? So I'm just going to mention a couple of examples, but I do love them all. Um but 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 a couple of the um, of the examples, right? So one, and I was just talking to them just now about a project. So one I think is really interesting is um, Ishpota, right? And there we worked on them about this hypothesis to say we can inspect any building anywhere around the world, right? And I think actually that's something because we ensure like five million buildings around the world, right? And actually, just that's something you can't go and look at every single building, of course not. Um, not to mention the carbon footprint of doing it would be would be um, um, too much, right? So how can we do that in a kind of um, an automatic way using computer vision, right? So I think that's something we looked in the championship uh, properties in um, Mexico, the Netherlands, and, and Ireland, commercial properties and um, and homes, right? And we're really looking to well, how can we use that in in more places, especially for commercial insurance, where we do um, we do have a lot of exposures and uh, uh, well looked after property is a different risk to one which is, is less well looked after and to make sure we really understand what it is, right? So simple things like how many floors it's got, what it's made out of, sometimes that information can be hard to come by, hard to validate, right? So I love how we take computer vision and overlay it with that external information and the prospect of being able to do it anywhere in the world. So so that's, um, that's one. Um, if we stick on computer vision, another one I think has real... Um, um, sort of real, real potential is is physifying. So again, from from this year's championship, um, they again use computer vision, but to say how to do physiotherapy, right? And are you doing your physiotherapy? Are you doing it, right? And I know because I've had a injured leg, wasn't so good at doing my physio all the time. Um, but yeah, I think to actually say, are you doing it? Are you doing it correctly? Is it sort of sticky? So we can help people to be physically well maybe with like the right kind of um so posture core strength or to get back from injury kind of uh, um quickly in a really engaging way right so if doing a physio can be a bit boring right um but actually be able to sort of see and get that visual prompt to say no your elbows are wrong your shoulders should be back i think is um is really um is really, really nice yeah and you want another one Yes, go for it. I can talk The one, maybe one we, we've been working on in, in Latam, right, um, is, is Lisa, right? Lisa and Shortech, right? And we sometimes think, oh, these ones, we, we work in 
our larger markets, maybe in EMEA, right? Actually, um, in Chile, we've 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 shown really with Lisa that we can automate really kind of like a great volume of um, of claims, right? Um, and actually already implemented this year with run rate benefits. So that's something where I think we have, have really kind of great potential, right? So it isn't um, physifies very directly. You can see the customer impact, right? I think it can be behind the scenes as well, um, which can drive that kind of automation, that straight through processing. It can also be a customer benefit, right? Because they're not waiting for that kind of answer, but it can really be pushed through. So, so I think there, there's a lot there we can do. There's a lot of potential in terms of getting to a higher automation rate of, of claims as well. That's fascinating because I, I think, you know, when you start looking at the evolution now, you are implementing this initiative around 14 to 15 countries uh, across a number of markets, right? And uh, the impact on the Zurich Innovation Championship individuals as much as the startups is incredible. So I know I already asked you about you know, uh, the startups and what makes a great startup. But can you tell us what also are the key criteria you are looking for when you are scouting for those ventures? And how mm. are you involving the team within Zurich to actually elevate the whole program and make it very exciting to participate to? Yeah. So I think the first thing which is really important is we start by identifying either the problem or the opportunity, right? So there's so many exciting, you know, startups out there we could get a little bit swayed by um sort of great things right but rather say let's make sure we know what are what are the opportunities what are the problems we want to solve right so we start by really involving a lot of stakeholders from our very very most senior stakeholders um the exco and down so that what, what are our priorities where do we see that you know um that, that view that consolidated view across the group um, looking across the challenges I, I talked about before right so we have um, that sort of great view and the great sponsorship of those senior leaders who really do devote a lot of time to actually making sure that this is is solving for things that they care about. We then use our network. We use um, you know, various resources, various partners to be able to sort of actually find like where are the, the best startups in those spaces, and to make sure that they're knowing about the innovation championship that they're applying. Right, we've just opened it um, when this goes on air to um, tell the world about the twenty twenty four edition. Um, so, um, so that they know, so that they apply. So uh, we very much look forward to receiving the submissions from from those great startups in in those um, um, spaces, and also, of course, our business units, the countries around the group, are doing that scouting. Um, I think what's really important about the innovation championship is it is not uh, Joel and my teams and uh, sitting here in beautiful Zurich choosing them, right? Um, I think it's really important that, that the guys in the country say, okay, this is a startup we really believe can solve this important business priority for us, right? So they really kind of see it, they fall in love with it, they say, okay, this is, this is you know, my startup, this is our local winner, this is the one which then goes through to sort of the global final, and we say, right, okay, we're going to kind of put those up. It's about 50 um, startups at that stage. And it's more than just a startup. It's the initiative. It's a startup. And the country together saying, okay, why you should pick us. This is why our opportunity and this startup is something which we think can, can make beautiful music together. Right? So we put those again in front of those global leaders. We choose the top um, 10 to 12 um, startups initiatives and then we put them into this sort of 
validation phase, right? And I think um, this is not your kind of <clears throat> typical kind of insurtech accelerator where we're saying, okay, how can we kind of work on their pitch and how we can sort of work on their model? It's really working together, looking at that desirability, feasibility, and viability, and how we can kind of prove that it can add create business value um, for Zurich and of course for for the startup as well, right? So we really focus on that in a very iterative way <clears throat> during that three and a half four month um, validation phase, and then we kind of say, okay, here are the results. We tell you know the group, um, we tell the world, right? And then we really focus on saying, let's let's really make sure as adopted, let's really make sure we can scale this um, across the group to achieve the benefits which we all want. And you said it's a three to four months process and to achieve the right results, we have to actually iterate and go through the desirability, feasibility and viability framework. So how do you involve the other part of the Zurich group in that process? I was so fortunate uh, this year, um, last year, uh, to meet the Make the Difference team mm -hmm. and uh, seeing so much talent, really understanding the business of insurance across the value chain, accelerating the process. Tell us a little bit more around the support the venture can receive when they engage with Zurich. Yeah, yeah. So when they engage, I mean, I think firstly, we're going to have a, a dedicated team, a lead um, team from, from the country, right? So, so really, it is a partnership with the country. Um, we will then have support from our central team, right, to really kind of make sure that we're sort of driving this whether that's you know, design thinking experts, um, experts on human-centric design, on agile, <clears throat> on the cloud, or on AI, right? So, or of course, you know, you know, underwriting experts, claims experts, right? So, to really make sure we pull the best of that um, talent which we have um, in Zurich, um, and then you mentioned, you know, make the difference. And that's really our entrepreneurship program. So, we think actually that can be a great fit with our entrepreneurship program. So, working with those sort of entrepreneurs. Uh, so someone who can really kind of um, focus on how that can create value between the startup and, and Zurich, right? So we, we found that working with them in 2023 was a fantastic um, synergy, yeah. Amazing people I've met uh, through that process. So we are going to be in 2024. The world of InsurTech is evolving. You know, I was looking at some numbers, um, Anthony, from an investment viewpoint, we are not going to do as well as 2021 or 2022, right? Mm -hmm. Startups are going to receive a fraction of the investment they have received in past year. But from you, what are, for you, the emerging technology, the emerging trends we need to pay attention to in 2024 and beyond? I know you already talked about the themes, but I would like for mm -hmm. you to talk about emerging technology. Okay. Well, I mean, I think this year there was out of the twelve, it was eleven, maybe twelve, right? Who 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 had AI as part of it, right? So we we think that's going to carry on, right? And I expect that we really will see some generative AI native startups really kind of coming through um, in in this year's championship. And I think there's going to be you know amazing value which they can create. So look, I think that's not even a prediction is just a sort of certainty, right? So we can kind of um, bet our house on on that one. But the other one for me, right, and I, I suppose I thought this for a while, but I, I see huge potential um, in the Internet of Things and insurance, right? And it's something which I think we perhaps haven't quite got to that point where it's really the tipping point of it's really kind of delivering value, right? I'd love to see some startups coming in in that space, whether that's around commercial insurance, whether it's around uh, more personalized insurance, but I think actually taking sensor data to understand 
the thing which we are insuring to offer risk insights to the customer um, and to us as underwriters, but also to help either prevent the claim happening or to know about the claim really soon is something where there just is huge potential, right? So that can be a traditional insurance um, products. It can be a more parametric uh, insurance products. It could be more of a dynamic insurance product, right? But I really see that something which um, will come in the future and, and would love to see um, a startup in that space um, as a winner. So we often talk about data being the oil of everything. And in insurance, we have a lot of data. But at the same time, you have already mentioned generative AI, you mentioned Internet of Things. What do you think we just need to watch out for when we start looking at technology and disruption? And partly for you, when you evaluate the companies coming through the program, what are the challenges you are going to look for? What are the things you are going to pay close attention to as well? So I guess we're looking to find a lot of it's about the people, right? So we want to make sure we feel that it's the right people, you have that right connection, you've got the right team, right? So I think that is is definitely um, important um, to us, right? I think one thing, we there's a certain, let's say, hygiene level when it comes to things like, you know, security, right? And we don't necessarily expect someone to have the absolute bulletproof security, which you'll expect um, as a company matures, but there's a certain security posture which we need to have to start with. And then particularly if you're dealing with any kind of personal data, right? So I think there's a certain hygiene level in terms of uh, architecture and security, which are just table stakes. Say, look, this has got to be good enough for a solution which we can even start to work with. But I don't think we often get to the stage where that's not there, right? But it is there and certainly it's something which um yeah we 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 need to take a look at and make sure it's in in um in the right situation um and i think it's it, yeah having the that right focus right so we definitely want some a team who's going to come in and really focus and deliver in that um that uh, validation phase well what i liked and and i've seen is you know you have amazing uh, people with expertise across all those different areas and they are always there to help the ventures now when we look at uh, you know financial management let's not forget your chartered accountant and governance so how does innovation plays with this um within that frame actually at zero governance financial management innovation, how do you combine all three to achieve the right outcome for the group? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think, um, so I talk about sort of like the minimal viable lots of things, right? So I think we should be looking at, you know, the minimal viable governance, um, which look, to be honest, that can be a challenge, right? Because we, we, we're in a business to manage risk. So we we have a very strong discipline around that. Right, but certainly what we, we look to do is make sure we have that minimal viable governance, which as we get to having a solution which can scale across the group and cover millions and millions of customers, um, obviously we will need to make sure that governance is a little bit stronger. But if we want to really validate it with the first 50 customers uh, and to prove it can work, the amount of governance you need is less. Right, So really that's a lot of what my job is, <clears throat> is to be making sure that we aren't kind of having too much of that governance up front. And we can kind of gradually raise the bar as we prove it, as we start to scale it, right? So that's something where we try and involve the right 
people, right? So bringing back kind of minimal viable um, governance approach. And that's both in the countries and of course in, in the center here, right? And I think that sort of financial side of things as well, um, yeah, it, it's really then making sure that we think about it from a business case perspective, right? So ultimately, you know, our CFO George wants to see things which are kind of making financial sense, okay, uh, financial sense, yeah. Um, so I do really believe that actually we can have things which drive customer value, which can drive economic value for us, which can also do the right thing by society and the world, right? So I think getting to all those three things is is absolutely what we can do. They can go together. But we need to make sure we do understand like the economics of it is and how it's going to start to add value as it scales. So let's go for some advice now to those young ventures who are going to knock on the Zurich Innovation Championship door to collaborate with your team. What advice would you give them to be considered for 2024 Zurich Innovation Championship? Advice would I have for them, right? So I think I would advise them to be very clear on what their value proposition is, right? And to sort of make sure that they have that elevator pitch, right? When we do these pitch days, oh, sometimes people really don't hit that kind of three-minute mark. And we've got super, super senior people's time. Um, you know, they're about to go off to a board meeting um, and we really have to hit to that sort of three, five minute pitch, whatever we've allowed, right? And then get into the Q&A, right? So being concise, being kind of clear on what you're actually putting across, you can have the best technology in the world, but if you can't articulate it in a kind of a, a short period of time, it's very difficult for people to understand that, right? So I think kind of having that clear view of, of what it is, is, is really, really um, important. Right. I think then to be bold, right? but I think it's really important to think about the difference of stakeholders. So we always want to make sure we understand that what is that kind of customer impact. Right. So so to make sure it's kind of clear and to thought through from the end customer, but you know, the stakeholders of whether that's the underwriter or the claims guys as well, to sort of look through those personas and to sort of have empathize with those is something which is um, is also important. But that really helps us to then sort of see well, where can that value be and look of course it's important to understand why this is different from um from from the competition right and not so much about the technology but to say well okay look this is what it's going to do and why the technology will will move a needle we've got great guys who will deep dive into the technology but i think it's really important to say that this is what it's going to do this is a value it can create very important reminder right we know about the tech we know about the product. It's all about the value proposition. Be able to be concise when actually interacting with executives, but also mm -hmm. remembering that we don't always have just one stakeholder. We are going to serve a customer. We may serve a, a corporation or a user, which might be a consumer. But then at the end of the day, we also have an internal customer, which you said maybe the claim manager, the underwriter, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So, Anthony, if people wanted to apply to the Zurich Innovation Championship, what should they do? Where should they go? Well, they should start by going to um, our website. I think it's www.zurich.com forward slash zik. Right, it's quite easy to remember, or just put into Google, right? Zurich Innovation Championship, you find it there. Look, and we've tried to really make the application really straightforward, right? So we work with F6S because many startups are on there and really to sort of say, look, this is something which we think people can apply in, you know, 10 minutes in a coffee break, right? So really just to understand the key bits we need to know, 
you can always ask for more information, right? So go in, find it there, learn about the challenges, hit apply, and we're really looking forward to hearing from everyone. So my last word would be growth ventures, investors, just as you are listening to this discussion, make sure to apply to the Zurich Innovation Championship early January, February. 14th of February will be closing this year. Okay. Thank you very much, Anthony. <laughs> Anthony, thank you so much for joining me on Scouting for Growth. Thank you, Sabine. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Scouting for Growth. Please subscribe, share with friends, and leave a five-star rating. Your rating is so valuable. I review all of them, and my team help me adapt content to meet your needs. Also, connect with me on my preferred channels. I am a B2B growth expert, so you will find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Threads, and X as well, as well as Blue Sky. All information available below. Until next, keep scouting for growth.